lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can do so by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That is D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also look for me free of censorship over on MeWe, Parlor and Gab, and Getter, G-E-T-T-R. You can also look for clips of the show that are free of censorship and free to watch. When you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show, again, rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Trust everybody had a great weekend. We've got a bit of a spring renaissance happening here uh, in the Midwest. But if you guys looked ahead for the next few days, November's coming, right? It is. Winter, winter is coming, but we're going to enjoy it. Uh, as best we can with the windows open and enjoying some nice fall weather. Coming up on the show today, we're going to enjoy a little Facebook Ask Me Anything. Our Facebook followers, uh, they get to take charge of the Monday Town Hall next hour with questions that Todd has selected and curated from our Facebook page that I have not seen. So I look forward to being blindsided by these in the next hour of the program. Uh, Coming up uh, later, actually, no, that's at the bottom of this hour because we're doing things differently this weekend, right? Yes. So Peter Navarro, he is the former senior trade advisor for the Trump administration. He will be joining us in the final segment of the show. So we are looking forward to that discussion. And he's got a new book out. We will discuss that with him. And what was life like inside the White House with one Anthony Fauci? I know Peter has some very pointed thoughts on that. So we'll get to that here in the final segment of the show. But before we get to all of that, of course, we begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened. While we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Steele dossier. Parts of the now infamous dossier on Trump have proven to be true. I know the history of the dossier, but it hasn't been discredited. In fact, it's been the opposite. It's been corroborated. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. This discredited dossier, it which hasn't was been paid discredited. for, paid for. Your intel community has corroborated all of the details in there. The all, meeting. Some of the substantive cont- content of the dossier we were able to corroborate. Yeah, none of that is true. Once and for all, it seems, the Steele dossier, the origin of the Trump-Russia collusion narrative, which garnered rapt obsession from the left for all four years of the Trump White House, has been debunked. Special counsel John Durham's probe into the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion narrative had yielded few results prior to the last few weeks. But last week, the whole case was blown up with the indictment of Igor Denchenko, who documents show was the primary source for the dossier. The 39-page indictment unveiled Thursday last week paints the dossier as being built on exaggerations, rumors, and outright lies. As a reminder, the dossier was used as the pretext to deceive a FISA court into allowing the FBI to spy on the Trump campaign. The indictments explained how Denchenko, the indicted party, was the primary informant for former British intel officer Christopher Steele's dossier. Danchenko, in turn, was fed his fake intelligence directly from someone the indictment names as PR Executive One, now widely to believed one Charles Dolan, a Democrat operative with close ties to the Clintons. Danchenko is being charged with lying to investigators. 
The FBI raided the residences of Project Veritas journalists and its founder, James O'Keefe, over the weekend. It's unclear what crimes they're under investigations for, but it has to do with the diary of President Biden's daughter, Ashley, where she writes about being sexually abused as a child by Joe Biden. Moving on, the House of Representatives passed the $1.1 trillion infrastructure bill late on Friday night with the support of 13 Republicans. Six Democrats voted against the bill. The Senate had already passed the bill back in August, and it had to Joe Biden's desk for signing soon. Again, 13 Republicans voted for the bill in a 228 to 206 vote. Had those Republicans not backed the bill, it would have stalled out. Senator Rick Scott had this to say about Republican pukes who supported the bill. We support the next Republican Senate Committee. We support all of our uh, incumbents. Meanwhile, in Puerto Rico, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was spotted there dancing indoors without a mask, despite that area's mask mandate. Also spotted in Puerto Rico recently without a mask is American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten, who has repeatedly called for universal masking of your children in schools. The latest Suffolk USA Today poll of Biden's approval rating finds just 38% of respondents approve of the job he's doing as president, while 59% disapprove. Things aren't much better for Kamala Harris. 28% approve to 51% disapproving. Good news for the country, though. Biden is senile, but not so senile he can't mock Americans' intelligence. If I had, if we were all going out and having lunch together and I said, let's ask whoever the, whoever's in the next table, no matter how, what, what restaurant we're in, have, have them explain the supply chain to us. Think they understand what we're talking about? Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, your thoughts? What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. Moving on, eight people are dead after a satanic ritual in Houston, Texas over the weekend. The rapper named Travis Scott continued to sing as he saw multiple people in the crowd fall ill and die. Fresh off of getting our butts kicked in military games by the British, the Pentagon thought now would be a good time to name its latest military ship after a pederast. This weekend, a dude who thinks he's a lady christened the USS Harvey Milk. Milk was a homosexual and a pederast who had a 15-year-old boyfriend. Checking in on Saturday Night Live. The Supreme Court heard arguments this week in Women's Whole Health v. Texas about the controversial Texas law that essentially bans all abortions after just six weeks. Here to cheer us up, well, this can't be right, Goober the Clown, who had an abortion when she was 23. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm Goober the Clown. So, Goober, you, you had an abortion when you were 23? <laughs> Slow down, I'm a clown. Let's clown around. Hey, smell this flower. You're not gonna squirt me, are you? Oh, I would never. Okay. Oh, gotcha! Gotcha! I had an abortion the day before my 23rd birthday. Okay. It, it seems like you do want to talk about your abortion. Well, actually, I really don't. But people keep bringing it up, so I gotta keep talking about freaking abortion. But it's a rough subject, so we're gonna do fun clown stuff to make it more palatable. Whee! The National Basketball Association is now recommending all players, coaches, and front office officials who received the vaccine previously to now get a booster shot. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who recently tested positive for COVID, revealed he was unvaccinated and subsequently missed yesterday's game, laid down ordinance on Friday over his decision not to get the vaccine. You guys know me. I marched to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, 
group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that the people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. I've been taking monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C and D, HCQ, and I feel pretty incredible. Fox Sports personality Terry Bradshaw had this junk to say. It would have been nice if he'd have just come to the Naval Academy and learned how to be honest. Yeah. I understand immunized. What you were doing was taking stuff that would keep you from getting COVID-19. You got COVID-19. Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Sorry, folks, that's what it is. We are a divided nation politically. We're a divided nation on the COVID-19, whether or not to take the vaccine. Yeah, let's listen to those last two sentences again. Ivermectin is a cattle dewormer. Sorry, folks, that's what it is. We are a divided nation politically. We're a divided nation on the COVID-19, whether or not to take the vaccine. Big Bird tweets, I got the COVID-19 vaccine today. My wing is feeling a little sore, but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. Elmo tweets, Elmo was so happy to talk to Dr. Sanjay Gupta at the town hall today. Elmo learned that Elmo's friends can get the COVID-19 vaccine now, and soon Elmo can too. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Play School unveils Vaccinate Me Elmo. Elmo loves experimental vaccines, haha. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Home Title Lock. Um, If you have not guarded your home with Home Title Lock, you could be inviting home title fraud, one of the fastest growing crimes out there, cyber thieves around the world. Know that our home values are sky high right now, which makes us all a target. And the crime is scary simple. A cyber thief simply forges your name on a property sale form and refiles it. Now he's on the deed to your home and you have no idea you're a victim. Then he starts taking out loans uh, against your home and vanishes, leaving you to prove to the police that you didn't commit bank fraud. Home title fraud puts a virtual barrier around your home's title to help you prevent this from happening so that the instant they detect any tampering, they work to help shut it down. If you've got equity in your home, guard it with your life. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. And then while there, <clears throat> pardon me, enter the code radio for 30 free days of protection. That's the code radio for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Coming up in the overtime today, I want to have a conversation about these experimental vaccines from the experimental aspect. And one of the things we have done in the overtime, pretty much this entire last year or so, is when there is, I think, enough evidence or concern for something that it merits talking about, but it's of such a serious, sensitive nature, and I'm I'm not quite willing yet to go out general public with it, and put our integrity and credibility as a show on the line with it. But we want to just kind of flesh it out and discuss it a little bit, just amongst friends behind the paywall. We're going to do that today with a a new study. If you want to see it for yourself, I have retweeted it. It's in my Twitter feed at Steve Day Show. It was tweeted out by our colleague, Daniel Horowitz. And if this study is on to something, well, I I want to decipher what I think it would, what I think it claims, and then we will discuss that amongst ourselves today uh, on the overtime. Uh, if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, good for you. Thank you. Just stick around. Later today after the show is done, we will record it right afterwards and then upload it for you today to watch at blazetv.com slash dace. Again, that's blazetv.com slash dace. And if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, 
and you would like to become one, it is, of course, the Christmas shopping season. Maybe get one of these for you or someone you love. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is also where you can go to purchase a discounted subscription to Blaze TV today. All right, let's get to what is inside of Aaron's montage. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we started telling you a few months ago, if you sign up for these vaccines, you are signing up for a reoccurring reinjection plan that right now has no end in sight. Right now it has no end in sight. How many people took these just to save a job just this once? Just this once wasn't true in high school. Just this once isn't true now. I took this jab once to save my job is, is, is the just the tip of, of COVID. Not true. And now you have the NBA telling its athletes it's not true. So I wanted to reiterate that. You are entitled to know all of the information available before you make decisions for you and your family. And therefore, you need to know, and you are entitled to know, you will be getting these re-injected repeatedly with no end in sight, at least as it stands right now. And the NBA just reiterated that and to its union with its multi-million dollar athletes. So I wanted to I wanted to reinforce that again. There are so many angles I could take with this. I I want to I want to zero in though on the Biden approval rating. And that goes in line with the clip that Aaron shared of Jennifer Granholm. That goes in line with the clip that Aaron shared of Joe Biden waking up from his dementia long enough to dunk on the American people as idiots. The next election is not for a year. Not for a year. Not for a year. Go back, and unless you listen to this show, I mean, I, I told you a year ago that mask mandates were to condition you for vaccine mandates. We were telling you that last year, right? Yep. Yep. But unless you were watching or listening to this show and maybe a few others, go back one year ago and tell yourself, now, we're, and think about where we were a year ago at this time. A year ago at this time, we are now knee-deep in, was the election stolen or not, right? We had just come out, we were, we were winding down one of the worst years we could possibly envision ever happening as a people and still, say, still saying, or still staying solvent as a country, like not disintegrating. But go back and show yourself one year ago. Even just the montage that Aaron just highlighted. Or the montage most of the days of this year. You're just going into the holidays. You're like, it can't be this bad again next year. 
the hope that these vaccines would get us out of this, right? I mean, Aaron didn't even highlight we're going to give illegal aliens hundreds of thousands of dollars in court settlements. That's what the Biden administration wants to do. I guess what I'm trying to say, folks, is a lot can happen in a year. And this is another point I need to reinforce. And I'm going to reinforce it to the point, you know, they used to say in FM radio that when the DJ was sick of a song, that's just when the audience was starting to dig it, right? That was kind of the cliche, okay? I'm going to say this a lot for the next 12 months, and you're going to get really sick of me saying it. And that's why I'm going to keep saying it. Because it needs, because we're trying to break a paradigm here. Our own. We're trying to reroute our own way of thinking, our own thought process. And while I am encouraged by the developments of the last few months, I am. We have a history here on our side that we look for kind of the first opportunity to return to complacency. So let me reinforce this again, again. They know their approval numbers better than we do. They have access to better data over there than than what we read in in the public. They know this. And yet, except for a few places... Except for a few places, you have the Democratic governor of Kansas. You have Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. Except for a few places, there is no other corporate attempts by Democrats to moderate or strike any form of a conciliatory tone in in response to this data. Instead, you get the opposite. Double down, triple down, quadruple down, quintuple down. Because this isn't a mere political party. This is the political manifestation of a cult, of a spirit of the age cult. A mere political party wouldn't laugh at you like that. Wouldn't mock you like that. A mere political party would look at these numbers and say, we're heading towards an election oblivion here. We have to do something about this. But there will not be anything done about this. Because this is how cults behave. Cults take collective pushback as confirmation that they are unique and special. That they have acquired some special knowledge, some unique revelation, that they have some some new prophet that has learned something 
gathered something, is a sage of the age or sages of the age that only the special people understand. And only the special people can know. And when the collective pushes back on the cult, this does not dissuade a cult. It affirms it. They're not deterred one iota by our reaction. They are affirmed by it. It just shows just really how unique and special they are. Because since the information that they have, the beliefs they carry are unique and special by virtue of caring and owning them and subscribing to them, they now are unique and special too. And therefore, that calls for them to rule you, to impose on you for your own good, of course. A year is a long time. I got a text from a guy who produced a movie I was in this morning. He might be looking at having to leave a job of 37 years over these mandates. Something he would not probably have even considered a year ago. Certainly not two years ago. Doesn't 2019 seem like a before common era? A year is a long time. We cannot simply vote our way out of this. We are going to have to, and when I say we, I'm not talking like theoretically here. Buy my book. And then stay home. Listen to my show. And then stay home. Too many people that do what I do for a living have made too much money being theoreticians, as somebody emailed me earlier this morning. And every movement needs theoreticians. Until the moment that the theory gets real and it's real life. We don't have a year just to wait, especially if the option is that we'll just put Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell back in power. That won't do anything. Those guys will then just tell you the following year in 2023, they can't do anything because Biden's in the White House and we can't shut the government down. So we just got to go along with everything. I think I feel like I've kind of done this show even pre-COVID before, right? Yeah. It was just called the Tea Party. It was called Obamacare. But haven't we done this show yes. before? Okay. We have, to, we have to stop and oppose this stuff now. And I think the only way to stop and oppose it is by enough of us showing and enough of our red states and community showing we don't care what you what the court the courts ruled for us this weekend we don't care if they rule against us we're not doing this we're not complying we dare you to come here and try and impose it try to enforce it we dare you that's the to me that's the only way out of here and given how political of animals people like Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett have proven themselves to be I actually intellectually respect Neil Gorsuch. 
I pretty much can tell you where he's going to rule on everything. He's just a hardcore libertarian. So he's going he's gonna to believe he can craft in a, a universe where you and I are going to have religious freedom and tranny rights at the exact same time, okay? The other two are just complete and total political animals. So I don't think it's they rule the right way and then we get to live the right way. Nope. The opposite is true. We're going to have to live the right way and then they're going to rule the right way because they figured it's too late to turn back now. Things too far gone. Can't put the genie back in the bottle. We have to render these things unenforceable. We have to do it at a state statute level, at an executive level with our governors in our red states, but at our own family, household, community levels. We will not abide by this. And we dare you and defy you to enforce it. Anything short of that and I don't, I can't even, I mean, I, I looked at some of the stuff in this rundown. I hadn't heard Harvey Milk propaganda since, you know, 20 years ago when that Sean Penn movie or whatever it was came out. I mean, that guy is, was a pederast rapist fiend. There's a, there's a lot of other people that they could have named that after if they wanted to make a statement about homosexual equality. I mean, this is just nefarious now, man, just Jimmy kicking you, laughing while doing it. There's plenty of other people that were same-sex attracted that, you know, didn't rape teenage boys that they could have put up there and named a ship after if they wanted to strike a blow for the rainbow jihad, right? I mean, for example, they could have called it the USS Lindsey Graham. But I mean, they didn't have to pick somebody that is known to have raped teenage boys, right? Just, you know, throwing that out there. But, but... That wouldn't make the point they want to make. The point they want to make is they rule you and they will continue to rule them or to rule you as long as we allow them to rule us. So a year is a long time. Kind of feels like we're up against the cliff of history right now. And I just wanted to reinforce that point. We cannot get complacent. Doesn't mean we can't take holidays and weekends. Don't get consumed by this. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the weekends. But then remember on Monday, when the shore leave ends, the war continues on. We, we cannot get complacent. And I get worried when I see all these headlines about approval ratings and everything else. We cannot, the dog here, us, cannot return to its own vomit. We cannot return to our previous paradigm of passivity. Watch and listen to shows like this, get really worked up, vote for every Republican I can, and then be shocked to learn two, four, six, eight years later, nothing has really changed. Man the post. Finish the race. Stay at the wall. You know, you've got a lot of reasons, these guys, uh, this time of year, with everything going on, guys, to get stressed out about a lot of things in life. But one of them doesn't have to be male pattern baldness, hair loss, receding hairlines, et cetera, because you've got our friends over at Keeps. They offer the doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatments 
but they offer the generic versions to save you money. That's why Keeps is the real deal with more five-star reviews than their competitors. They also offer you all kinds of convenience. It's all done online. Snap a few pics of your hair, answer a few easy questions, and then a licensed doctor reviews your info, gives you the right uh, the right protocol, and you are good to go. And then it's shipped directly to your door. You just can't do better, and then they make it better by giving you half off your first order right now. A special discount just to get you started on top of the discount you'll get with the generics every time you keep on going. Go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S, for keeps.com slash grow. Take advantage of this and get half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. All right, we've got Ask Me Anything coming up. We do. We have some good ones coming up. We do. It's a pretty heavy Heavy lift. It's a heavy lift, really. Are there some snotty ones, though? No. Really? I was kind of open for some snotty ones. People are, um, like, looking for... Um, they're not asking me to, like, split an atom, or atom for them, are they? Well, no, people feel like they're on the cliff, the edge of the cliff that you just talked about. It's pretty clear. I, I think it is pretty clear that we're on an edge of a cliff. And it, it's why we just can't sit around here and play war games with how many seats will Republicans win next year. We got to get to next year. We got to get there, okay? We'll come back. We'll have our Ask Me Anything here in a moment. You know, there are 360 joints from your neck down to your vertebra, uh, in your back, to your arms, your hips, knees, uh, feet, a lot of places for inflammation to seep in and cause what is known as chronic pain. If you want to deal with that chronic pain, and sometimes it just happens because we just get older, that's just part of aging. All right. You want to take an all natural anti-inflammatory, even check with Terry Bradshaw on this one. And he says, it's okay. So now, you know, it's good. Right. Uh, But uh, you want to take Omega XL back by 35 years of clinical research, which is 35 years more of research than Terry Bradshaw has ever done on ivermectin, for example, Uh, backed by 35 years of clinical research and from the last couple of years of my own personal usage, which, by the way, I need some more. Uh, the folks over there at Omega XL, I need a refill. All right. Uh, but I would highly recommend it. I've seen this product work excellent results for me. If you want to try it as well, buy one, get a second bottle for free today. Buy one bottle, get a second one for free today. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or you can just give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right, let's get to our Monday Town Hall. It is Facebook's turn to ask me anything. Todd, you have selected the questions blindly. I have not looked at any of these. I do not know what's coming. I don't even I don't even read the comments when I when I solicit these. So I have an idea of what the questions that were asked. So I think I should note that. I don't just know which ones he selected. I don't even know what pool of of questions you're even selecting from, right? I think the only maybe once in the whole time we've done this, I asked you specifically to find a question that might address a topic because I thought it needed to be addressed that day. Yeah, that but, almost never happened. But beyond that, has there ever been any other point where I know anything at all of what is coming? And that's how you like it. I do. I like snotty questions. I like questions off the cuff. All right, Aaron, you may fire when ready. 
Let's start with Mark Stinson, who says, I'm currently living behind enemy lines in upstate New York, where liberty is only a statue. My wife may be losing her job due to the mandates, and there's no way in hell we're getting our elementary-aged kids vaccinated. It's only a matter of time before our new high priestess of the Branch Gividians, Governor Hochul, mandates the kids be vaccinated for public school. We determined to leave New York, but have no idea where to begin when deciding what state to flee to. We're considering states that have taken legislative action against the mandates, states that allow school choice, and states that are strong on Second Amendment rights. What metrics should people in our situation be considering to help narrow down or select a state to move to? Is there a list of states you'd recommend people consider who are seeking liberty? Excellent question. It's one reason I think it's excellent is because it's not as obvious as you think. Like right now, like if you had to pick anybody tomorrow, Florida. But as you just said, we don't we don't know six months from now what like how stable really is Florida mm-hmm. outside of DeSantis. Like if there was a way of objectively assessing the state pound for pound long term, mm-hmm. as far as you can see, which as you just said, maybe. Not beyond this year? That's why I think this is such a tough question to answer. I think we forget that, and it's a state of 21 million people. It it was only, I think, like 40 or 50,000 votes that separated Ron DeSantis from a guy who was literally doing cocaine off a gay hooker's ass. Exactly. Okay? I mean, that was a very close election that Ron won back in 2018. So I would actually not suggest Florida because if it's of its temporary nature although you know what now that I think about it yeah I mean four years is a long time we just we just told the audience a year a year Mm -hmm. is a long time right you get that guy reelected next year four years is an awful long time I mean, next year that may be different. Yeah, you can get a whole kid, you can get a you know a kid all the way through high school into adulthood in four years, right? So I will go ahead and put them on the list, actually. Okay, because but here's how I would rank the states. If I, having been around the country, having done conservative organization all over the country, to me, I think you're looking for a combination of factors, and this is a great question. It's one of those questions I'm surprised. I've not been asked or voluntarily answered. That's how good this question is. Because, I mean, if we're going to tell people you need to get out, I think it's only fair for them to ask us then, where do we go, right? So I would would look at three places. And I'm going to look at three factors here. One is you want a deeply, um, you want either A, a dynamic person or personality in charge of the state, who has your back, who, who, who represents you fiercely. And so you would put Florida on that in, in that list. B, if you don't have that, you are looking for a place with a deeply embedded grassroots that can drive an agenda, that can, that can, that can turn the wheel of, a, of an environment in a state. And sometimes, frankly, that's better to have than number one. Because that can be a little bit more solid. And then three, to me, you're looking for a place that has strategic importance. So let me give you the three places that I think you should be moving to then. With those three things in line. Or in mind. Florida, 
Texas, and Iowa. Now, let me take all three of these. Let me start with my own home state. A lot of the cultural infrastructure that you list there in your note, Mark, it is Mark, right? Yes, okay. We have that in our state, and we spent, people like me and Bob Vanderplatz and others, we spent more than a decade building it. When I took over on WHO Radio in Iowa, Democrats had full control of state government, I think for like the first time since something like Reconstruction or the second time. There were only 17 Republicans in the entire 50-seat state Senate. Democrats, I think, were one House seat away from a 60-seat majority in the House. When I left WHO, so I took over in 2006, I left in, two, in, in two, that winter of 2011, after the 2010 elections. We had a Republican governor, albeit Republican name only. We now had 60 Republicans in the state house, and we had a tie in the state Senate, and we had just done something that still to this point has never been done before or since in American history, and that is, that is by popular referendum throughout multiple state Supreme Court justices over their unconstitutional opinions. That environment has just grown. And now we are a state that, for many years, decades actually, sent Grassley and Harkin to the Senate. We're now a state that electorally is redder than Texas. And it's certainly redder on a cultural policy level than Texas is. And and we are one of the states, you know, I, I said last week, we're always going to do our best to call balls and strikes here. We said last week that that Roe and the Youngkin campaign were right to keep Trump out of that state, right? Trump actually helped us in this state. Because we're such a large rural, a state with such a large rural population. I mean, Trump, we were on the brink of this, but we didn't have like a galvanizing moment that could like take us from purple. Remember, I think from 1984 until 2004, Republicans did not win this state in a presidential election. So we so we we lacked kind of a central figure or issue. That's why we won so well on the judges, but that was a one-time thing. What was something that would tip the scales from a demographic standpoint? Trump did that. Trump came in here and won 30 plus counties that had previously been won by Obama once or twice and he flipped them red. Democratic Party in this state, that's that's why when you go to inner city Des Moines or inner city Iowa City, they're especially crazy in these places because they have been routed virtually everywhere else in the state of Iowa. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. One way that we could help to maintain that is for more families like yours to come here and move here and plant roots. Pardon the pun with the Iowa farm rural state roots, you know what I'm saying? And in terms of strategic importance, it is still the first in the nation caucus state. I mean, I, I used a, one radio show on one 50,000-watt station in Des Moines on multiple occasions to rattle the cages of the entire national political discussion. I destroyed Mitt Romney's presidential candidacy despite backing from Hannity, National Review, pretty much everybody. I annihilated it almost single-handedly. I couldn't have done that like anywhere else in America. I couldn't have done that. But I could do it in Iowa because I could crush him with the activists here. 
I could do it on the opposite direction for a Ted Cruz. Now, I wasn't on WHO anymore, but all the relationships I put together over the years, it was it was the 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 Family Leadership Summit in 2014, I think it was. That Ted and other candidates asked me to do this too. I didn't just do this for him. I did it for everybody that asked me because I was not committed to anybody. But I put together a star-studded alignment of activists for Ted Cruz that met in a secret location on the Iowa State campus because that's where Vanderplatz holds that event every year. Off the record, any question could be asked, unrecorded, totally no holds barred. We ended up landing almost every single one of those activists when we actually went when the Cruz campaign and I joined it. When including I, I got that day to come, Brian English, one of my best friends who was basically in exile, retired from partisan politics, burnt out on it. I said, I don't know. I think this guy might be different. Just come in here for yourself. I might be wrong. And I want you to tell me if I'm wrong. If you smell a rat, tell me I'm going to jump ship right now before I even contemplate getting on. And after being in that room for more than an hour, Brian pulled me aside outdoors after everybody left and said, I don't know. I kind of think this guy might be for real. He's the one they hired him on my recommendation. He's the one that built the most successful grassroots campaign in the history of this state. So the ability you have to, to have national consequence in Iowa, I'm living proof it's immeasurable. And we have the demographics, the demographics you want. Now on the other two states, they're also vitally strategic important. They don't have winner. <laughs> so, so throw that in. All right. Um, but you look at if, 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 as long as Texas and Florida are red and really red. It's amazing. There's Greg Abbott as governor without a primary challenge. And then there's Greg Abbott as governor with one. And what that shows you is that the grassroots in Texas needs to get more mili- more militant and more mobilized. Because when they do, they get results. Texas goes blue between Texas, California, and New York. I mean, what you would have to do to win a national election is virtually impossible. So there's a lot of, so you have demographics there you're looking for and strategic importance and no winner and no state income tax. And Florida, I would rank third on that list because it doesn't have the deeply embedded demographics that the other two states have. And it's largely just become more of a Ron DeSantis-led phenomenon, or he's waking up, and he might be the person that can, he might be a Reagan-esque figure, where the state for the next 10 to 20 years after he vacates the stage, the base that he rose still is dominant in that state's politics, similar to what happened with the Reagan coalition for 10 to 20 years after he left the national stage. But I would say move to one of those three states. And then I would look at those three states from a family perspective. What What is it that you guys are the most comfortable with? Is winter not a thing? Do you like the four seasons? We certainly have a stronger, more organized homeschool community in Iowa than those other two states. And that lends itself a lot to fights on school choice and school freedom and things of that nature. So then I just think you look at your own family situation and decide which of those three fits for me. But I would rank those three states way ahead of everywhere else. You say as well, uh, moving to a rural area, if at all possible, in a red state is probably beneficial. 
Yeah. I know that's not a possibility for everybody. Not a possibility for everybody or an, or an exurb like where you live. Okay. Like I can't do rural, man. Like literally it's going to have to be, that's the only place left for me to go to live. Cause I'm just the ugly American. I, I need to know that the, that, that a pizza can get delivered someplace. That's just the way I'm wired. So I can't do rural. Okay. Um, but if you want to do an exurb before, cause this, a lot of the suburbs are all over America are in terrible shape and even in red States. All right. So you want to do an exurb like where the Urzans live. All right. So a new emerging place that will be a suburb in 10 or 15 years, if we last that long, get in there to those kinds of places. Now as the urban sprawl reaches those places, plant your flag, you know, and, and make sure that they don't poison the water table. All right. Because the water table is poisoned, frankly, in a lot of suburbs around the country. Moving on. We'll go to Tammy Nussbaum Odell. I was deeply moved by watching the roundtable of the vaccine injured hosted by Senator Ron Johnson this past week. Those stories are being squelched and some of these people were even part of the trial. What is it going to take for any of the media outlets to cover this? So I asked Todd, I didn't have time. I asked Todd on my behalf to watch that entire, what is it, two, three hour hearing? Yeah. All right. And get me the information that I needed to put together a column for it for the blaze this weekend so that we could highlight that and try to get it on uh, the biggest platform that we had access to. I mean, the blaze dot com main site does insane amounts of traffic. OK, but I mean. <laughs> ask yourself. This is a high profile Republican senator providing this platform Ask yourself why everybody else in conservative media didn't do this. And a lot of you are now, a lot of you want kill lists. You want me naming names and and vigilante justice, and I don't blame you for that at all. Here's what you can do. Go Go to your favorite conservative host and find out. Go to their Twitter feeds, their Facebook pages, all right, their RSS feeds, and find out if they mentioned anything at all about Ron Johnson's hearing. And if they didn't, just ask them. Maybe they didn't know. And in, 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 in my peers' defense, it's not like we, get, we don't have 7,000 fronts of battle at the moment. Fair? Mm-hmm. They might just not know. Okay? But you should find that out. Ask them. Hey, why didn't you cover this? And a lot of credit to Ron Johnson for doing that. For adding, for giving, using his letterhead to give a platform to people that the spirit of the age victims wants to pretend do not exist. So that's what you guys can do. Go to your favorite conservative star, conservative media outlet, source, personality. Look at their social media feeds. If they never said anything about it anywhere, go and ask them about it. And maybe they just didn't know. And then maybe if you didn't want to know, but wouldn't you want to know that too? More Ask Me Anything here in a moment. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Former Trump senior trade advisor Peter Navarro will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour to discuss his new book. We'll get to part two of our Ask Me Anything from our Facebook followers here in just a moment. But first, don't forget, Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. 
You can also look for us on MeWe Parlor, Gab, and Getter, minus any censorship whatsoever. And then uh, get clips that are minus of, any, minus of any censorship as well when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, that's D-E-A-C-E. Thanks to all of you that are podcast listeners, especially those of you that have left, that have left us five-star reviews. And hit the subscribe or follow button. You are helping our show to continue to grow in that arena. Thank you. And we would be honored if you have yet to do so and you're a podcast listener, if you would consider doing that for us as well. Thank you in advance for that. I guess I should have mentioned this last hour, given the question we answered. We just kind of ran out of time. But if if I made the case for you at the end of the last hour, you know what? We got to get out of this place. If it's the last thing we ever do, okay? If that's you, all right? And you want to relocate, you want to make sure you go in with a real estate agent you can trust, especially during these unprecedented times. Bing. Thank you. And so in that case, make sure you go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com, company started by Glenn Beck and some of his friends who unfortunately ran into real estate agents that it turned out they couldn't trust and they didn't find out until it was too late. They did not want that same thing to happen to you. So they started networking with good agents right out of this audience. And then it just kind of bloomed and mushroomed from there. And so just about anywhere you want to escape from or to, especially those three states, Iowa, Florida, and Texas that I mentioned last hour, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, let's get back to more Facebook Ask Me Anything here on our Monday Town Hall. We'll go next to David Geiger. Steve, how can we get you to be a guest on the Bill Maher show? That would be awesome, and I rarely use that word. You know, that I've had uh, several of you have asked me this uh, about um, six. I think it was back in like 2014, 2015. So six or seven years ago, uh, his producer she called me twice to invite me to be a panelist on the show, and um, at the time we were syndicated by Salem Radio Network. And so part of my deal was if it was something of that magnitude, then they had to sign off on it. And they did not want to, they did not want to sign off on me going on real time with, that is what it's called, right? Real, real time. time? Okay. Yep. Cause when I was a kid, it was politically incorrect. I just, that was the show mm-hmm. on comedy central. Right. And, and, and you know what? I had, I just had remembered this a few weeks ago. So let me say it here. I used to actually love, as a young conservative watching that show on Comedy Central. I don't think this is the first time that Bill Maher has flirted with some form of critical thinking because in his younger days on that show on Comedy Central, I thought that I, I seem to remember thinking at the, at the time as a young conservative that the things were fairly balanced. I mean, he obviously was left wing, but if you were a right winger, you got to say what you wanted to say. Okay? Oh, he goes out of his way to have right wingers of every stripe who aren't just mere caricatures. Yeah, he yeah. gives you a shot. Okay. So um, I think that, um, I mean, I'd love the, the, the invitation now. Here's the thing with me, though. Um, I think I would actually trust him to be on one of his panels. There's a lot of places I would not go and do a panel nowadays. And, and it's not because I'm, I'm outnumbered. I'm fine being on a panel with five, six, seven, eight other people who all think I'm a nut job. It's the moderator I'm worried about, okay? The one that gets to determine who talks and what gets said that can set you up for failure in front of an audience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's that's who I'm concerned about, okay? It's it's the moderator. And um, 
But I, I think I've seen enough of him that if I were invited and I could make it work in my schedule, if, if that was to be on one of his panels, I would trust that I would not necessarily be set up to be a caricature. Um, but um, yeah, I was asked to do it several years ago when we were on Salem radio, but Salem did not think it was a good fit. Just they didn't, I, I seem to recall they said something like, we don't see how many potential Salem radio listeners we're going to get out of going on with Bill Maher, I think is what one of the mucky mucks over there told me at the time. All right, uh, moving back on. Anna Joy Brunk says, what are your top three pieces of advice for a boy-only mom of three teenage preteen young men in today's anti-Christ, anti-family, anti-masculine, anti-work culture, especially in northern New England? My husband is a wonderful example for them of what it means to be a Christ-following, truth-loving man, but what can I do as their mom to best help them embrace biblical manhood and to be ready to face the tough job of standing for the truth against the spirit of the age as they become men? Another excellent question. These have all been really good so far. Um, Number one, back your husband up. If, if, If he's right, even if it makes you uncomfortable, if he's wrong, you know, like abusive, okay, uh, negligent, don't back that up. I, I shouldn't have to say that, okay? But in what it, I, I think I probably do have to say this, in what it takes to raise boys to men, there's just no way, no how, that at some point, a dad is not going to have to, have to is going to have to say or do something that will not make you as a woman uncomfortable. And you should be uncomfortable because you're not a man, okay? You, are, you live in a different economy. So there may be a time and a place where, where, where for whatever reason, you view something as abnor- ab- abnormally harsh needs to be said or done. Now, is harsh the same as abusive? No. Is harsh the same as negligent or malfeasant? No. no. But could it be harsh from you, for, from your perspective as a woman? Yeah. Yep. There's two possibilities. Your husband has temporarily lost his damn mind, or this is a circumstance where a lesson must be learned. I think your job as the mom here is to find out which it is. And if it's the latter, even if it makes you very uncomfortable, back him up. Because as much as boys need and want the approval of their father, it's often not until they're older as men that they realize how much they needed it, especially if they didn't get it. At this age, they really want mama's approval. That's why, man, you've heard me say before, if, when I was growing up and my mama said, I'm really disappointed in you. I just assumed she had Dave come home from lunch and whip me now. That was worse. Okay. That was worse. So what think about their future wife and their future children. What kind of decisions and decision making process would you want one of your sons in the future 
to practice with them under his care. Affirm those kinds of decisions and that kind of decision-making process. Don't affirm what doesn't line up with that. While at the same time, though, making room for the fact we're not girls. We're cruder. We're meaner. And sometimes it's, it's not because we're sinful. Sometimes it's because we need to be with what we need to do and what we need to handle later on. Anybody want to add any of that? Well, uh, I'm, you've laid it out pretty uh, neatly in a, a slogan. Uh, I can't remember if you invented it or not, but we talk about it all the time. You need to make sure that your boys are comfortable being uncomfortable in all facets of life. Don't it, it, The things that scare them, uh, do it. And, and do not sit there being comfortable, um, being part of the crowd, getting the... The high school jobs everybody else is getting uh, go out of your comfort zone on a regular basis because oftentimes if you're not planting those seeds and, and until the time they've already uh, left the nest, it's clearly too late. Along those lines, don't be the sounding board that allows them to not have to, f- to risk failure. Be the sounding board that they come to if they then fail. That's an important distinction. Do not give them sanctuary from risk-taking that may result in failure, but be the sanctuary they go to if indeed they do fail. Just to reiter- along those lines, to reiterate one thing you said, that boys around this age really want mama's approval. Uh, that's, I think that's pretty true. Guess what then, what then that means? That means that you have a lot of power to push them because they want that approval. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you have you have the power to be able to push them in in good directions and in the risk taking directions as Steve just alluded to. And don't be afraid sometimes to say, you know what, man, I just as women we expect more out of men than that. Yep. Amy has said that to Noah a time or two, and it's it's far more effective I've noticed than anything I can try to do. All right, I guess he gets this look on it. Cut me deep, Shrek. You cut me deep. All right. So along the lines of what Aaron was just saying. By the way, I, I forgot to mention this during the last break. I, I told you that uh, through the first six samplings, the pumpkin puff bar seasonally released by Built Bar stood stood up to the, the taste test. But you just never know. I mean, you're always just one sampling away from being disappointed, right? You learn that with politicians. You vote for one for so many years and you think they're great, but you're always just one decision away from being crushed, Right. So during the break, I decided yet again to take one for the. I decided to man up, take one for the team, and and, and give and give the uh, pumpkin uh, built bar puffs a seventh try, and I I can now I can now report that they are just as good as they were the first six times. Now, twenty four forty eight hours from now, we'll see what you know attempt eight or nine looks like, but. Uh, attempt number seven, flying colors. They've got a brand new raspberry flavor out for the holidays as well. So many great flavors. Uh, Coconut brownie chunk, one of their greatest, is coming back. Uh, you want to you get Built Bar, the greatest protein bar of all time right now. Loaded with flavor, loaded with protein, not loaded with calories, sugar, and carbs. Uh, go to Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, Built.com, and use my last name, Dace, as your promo code to get 15% off with the promo code DACE at Built.com. 
Next up, we'll go to Jane Kathleen Fowler. Hi, Steve. I know your show is aimed primarily at your American audience, but my husband and I are big fans here in England. At present, we have refused the COVID vaccine. Our son and his wife and children live in Florida, and they too are unvaccinated. The way it looks now, it seems we'll never be able to see our precious grandchildren again unless we relent and get jabbed. Can you see a time when all these mandates and COVID passports will be lifted? We're trusting the Lord and trying to keep positive, but each day it seems to be getting harder and darker. Yes, I can see a time when they would be lifted. But I think it will take it will take one of two things. Um, one, an, an extraordinary amount of pushback. And, and there is some already mounting. Do you see that Procter & Gamble video that their yes. employees put together? Yes. But I'm, I think it's gonna, I, I, an extraordinary amount of pushback from more in the medical establishment, in the professional medical field, in, in early treatments, in no longer um, running cover or a distortion racket for the spirit of the age on things like ivermectin, for example. You know, I just tweeted to Fox Sports because Terry Bradshaw is apparently not on Twitter. I just tweeted to Fox Sports the press release where ivermectin won the Nobel Prize for malaria and river blindness for hundreds of thousands of people in uh, the Philippines and in the Far East back in 2015. And I'm like, Fox Sports, is, is Terry Bradshaw just this stupid because of too many concussions? Or is he just on purpose peddling false information that it's just a cattle de- uh, dewormer? It was it was it was developed to treat humans, and like a lot of medicines and, and antibiotics, it was then repurposed to treat animals. Have you gone to get a burger at McDonald's recently? You took in some antibiotics with that, because they give them to the cows. So I I, I think that we need an extraordinary Luther-like level of ninety-five theses nailed to a door showdown over true medical information which the spirit of the age does not want it does not want that debate it does not want that that's why i'm gleeful to see them go after people like scott jensen in minnesota or ryan cole in idaho yes yes let's have the hearing by all means and let's roll tape they don't want that the other thing it will take is the kind of is mass defiance and resistance on a scale that maybe is unprecedented in human history. Because we're up against an amount of tyranny that's unprecedented, really, on a personal autonomy level in all of human history. I think that's what it would take. And I will just tell you guys, just again, trying to keep it real. If if I was already in my 70s and I had already lived a, a full life See, I don't care at all about threatening my career. Let's just be honest about what my weaknesses are. I don't care at all about threatening my career. My wife married a mailroom clerk, okay? I mean, no one is as shocked I've gotten as far in this business as I am. (laughs) I don't have a problem risking career or anything of that nature. That's not a big temptation to me even without knowing my next 
what my next or my, where are my next paychecks coming from? I haven't told this story in so long. I'll tell it again. Early on in my faith, I went and did one of my very first public speaking engagements at a church. It was just outside of town here in Des Moines in Bondurant, Iowa. And I told them I'd be happy to come and speak to the men's group for nothing. I get done. The guy that calls me comes up to me and he's got a roll of bills that he wants to give me. They took up an offering. They want to pay me for my time. And I said, hey, you know what? I love local pizza places and outlying areas. They often have the best pizza. I told you just have a hot pizza ready to go and we'll call it even. They said, no, no, no. And I went back and forth and I could finally see that he was kind of getting offended that I wouldn't take the money and acting like I was too, too good for it. So I took it. I was very thankful And I took my pizza. I started driving back home to Urbandale where we lived at the time. I get home. My wife's pacing in the kitchen. And I was not kind early in our marriage over financial things. And she's pacing in the kitchen. And she's, Amy's very sorry. She screwed up the checkbook. And thought she had paid the light bill and she didn't. And another check bounced. And I'm like, well, how much money is? And I don't remember what it was now, like 140 bucks or something, which is a big deal to us at the time. We had a home and a single income home for 35 grand a year is what I was making at that time. Now it was like 40 grand a year, actually. Okay. And I can tell right away, this is like an early te- test of this new faith of mine. And I'm like, it'll be okay. We'll figure it out. We'll, it'll be okay. Because we were often budgeting down to our last dollar, man. I'm like, you know what? Right now I'm hungry. I'm just going to eat the rest of this pizza. I take out the offering. I put it up on the table. I'm just, I just want some pizza. She starts unrolling this wad of bills. How much money do you think was in there? The exact amount of money we were overdrawn in our checking account. The exact amount. The exact amount. I learned a very valuable lesson that day. You guys will say this working with me on and off the air. How often do you hear me? Now, before we've had this very profitable year this year, how often you hear me complain about money, bills, or what's going on, or any of that stuff at home? You rarely hear it. You hear me complain about other things, but not that. No, the, the temptation for me would be, to if I was older, and I've already lived a full life, the temptation for me to, would be to succumb to this so I could see my grandkids. That one would be far harder. That's the one that would keep me up at night. I, I don't care at all about losing a job, a career, even this one. And I love what I do. It's, I've got one of the best jobs in America. But I used to be a mailroom clerk. What would crush me is not having access to my kids and grandkids. That's, that's what they could point, that's the gun they could point at me that would be hard for me to say no to, particularly if I could rationalize it that I already lived a full life, so who cares what risks it is for me? That's, that would be my weak spot. Before we get to another one, let me tell you about Tommy John, because they are the greatest underwear of all time. It's the only underwear I, I wear now, including even today but you probably didn't want to know that. But I don't, I'm not sure how to promote an underwear company without telling you about my own underwear. 
Uh, Tommy John right now, a great gift for the holiday season. Um, they have phenomenal products for men and women. Now, since I'm not Lindsey Graham, I can't really attest to how good the female underwear is, but I can promise you that the guy, the stuff they produce for guys is absolutely fantastic. Moisture wicking fabric, four times the stretch of competing brands, underwear that is breathable, lightweight, I mean, it, it just it's so much better than what you buy in the stores. And it's all backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. And right now, you, if you want to take advantage of this for the holidays, 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. 20% off your first order when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Aaron. Next up, let's go to Michael Hudson. If D.C. gives money to people caught trying to illegally enter our country, what do we count to before the revolution should start? A three or a ten count? Because if that happens, they're not even pretending to be our representatives anymore. So, when you read the Declaration of Independence, it's actually not the most prominent issue listed. But but really, the battle cry of what got these English citizens, these English subjects, to cross the line and risk their own, in many cases, their own personal wealth to revolt. What was the catchphrase? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No taxation without what? Representation. Without representation. Okay? Do we lack representation? Yes. But do we lack it systemically or effectively? See, they lacked it systemically. Even though they were English subjects, because they were they were colonist colonials, they were sort of create. They were also kind of given a second class citizenry. Um, at that point in time, the in in the history of the English monarchy, the king was really absolute. There was a parliament, but it had no power apart from uh, his Majesty. The courts they had a two branch government. Uh, the courts actually operated directly under the full supervision and control of the monarchy. So it was a little bit like a 51 to 49 partnership. You can call it a partnership all you want, but one guy's got 51 and can, and, and, and he's, he's this, it's, it's not a partnership. It's a dictatorship. So systemically, they had nowhere to go. They formed House of Burgesses and, and their own state legislatures. Those things just got ignored. And when they wanted to pass edicts that said, we're not going to do this here in the colony of Virginia or Massachusetts, they just brought redcoats in to enforce it. They systemically lacked representation. We don't. We effectively do, but we systemically don't. This is why I keep saying this is going to head to a civil war unless we stop this. And if it does head to a civil war, we helped this thing to fail because it should not have to do that. Try demanding a lot more from your Republican leaders. A lot more. Try demanding more than uh, lesser of two evils and uh, be better than communists. Try demanding a lot more than that. Try that. Run for state legislature where you live. Run for city council. Run for school board. They didn't have these options. We do. We have all kinds of options. And I know it's not a popular message to keep putting the onus back on us, but guys, 
It is on us. You know, one of the reasons why Sesame Street thinks it can literally inject your kids with poison is because for decades we let them literally inject our kids with spiritual and moral poison. Well, we'll just overlook that. We'll overlook the two dads episode. So we overlooked the spiritual and moral poison, and now here comes the real thing. We're not victims. I mean, I, I still to this day, it, it's been what, like six months since we last talked about this. I cannot believe there were not thousands of people outside of Governor Asa Hutchinson's governor's mansion 10 minutes after he said, let's go back to masking the kids. I, I just don't, I don't know what to do with that. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of ways and, and, and methods we can say no to this before it has to get to a zero-sum game. And if we don't, it will get to a zero-sum game because we're up against a cult that wants a zero-sum game. It's a doomsday cult. It wants this. It wants the destruction of Western civilization and our own vestige of it known as American exceptionalism. It wants this. We need a tar and feathering mindset while using the systemic advantages that we have that our founders gave us on how to get representation that they did not have. So that tar and feathering, ah, hell no, mindset. While using the peaceable means we have to say, ah, hell no. But if you're in some suburb that voted for Trump last time and then three lesbian cat ladies on the school board routed your asses, that's not, you're not a victim, man. Work harder. Work smarter. Come back again. They didn't take that stuff over overnight. It's going to take a little bit longer. A little bit more perseverance, a little more resolve. We don't have to be the zealots they are, but we got to be a little bit more zealous in defeating them. A little bit more. And we can. We just got to give up on the whole passive-aggressive thing. There's too many options available for us to punch back. Take advantage of them. In places like Italy and France and Belgium, where you see these massive demonstrations, they don't have a system of federalism. They, could, they don't have a government that could produce a Ron DeSantis. We have one that can produce 20 of them or more. We just have to demand it. What did I see today? 17 weeks in a row, weekends in a row of mass protests in France. Is that what I saw? Yep. 17, that's an entire NFL football season. Imagine if we had that level of resolve, but with the systemic advantages we have, that they don't. We don't have to just sit here and wait for stuff to organically happen. Make it happen. Make it so. We're not victims. 
If we're victims of anything, it's our own complacency and passive aggressiveness for decades. And as a result, what's happened is we've elevated a bunch of conservative media figures to millionaires who are nothing but, who are great at writing books about this stuff, but then just do the same show over, how many seats will the GOP win next year? What What does Daniel call them, Teletubbies? How many seats will the GOP win next year? I don't know, dude. We'll have a damn job next year. Will my kid be able to go to school or play on the high school sports team next year? And if I submit and get the jab, will my kid get marked myocarditis next year for doing it? We No more theorizing. Do or do not. There is no try. Thank you. He was a senior advisor, assistant to President Trump, the director of the Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy, and he's got a new book out, In Trump Time, My Journal of America's Plague Year, written by Dr. Peter Navarro, and he joins us here today on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Peter, my name is Steve Dace. It's an honor to have you with us, sir. How are you? Steve, uh, and in honor of that book sitting on yours, the Fauci and Borgen, here, here's where it all, all started here. This is the Wuhan Institute Virology. It's a P4 bioweapons lab. And um, in the In Trump Time book, I, I first meet the Fauchster um, on uh, January 28, 2020. Didn't know he was a saint at the time. Fought him like a, just like a bear trying to get the travel ban from China. But the point, Steve, is that this thing here, the Fauci and bargain is Fauci knew even back then that this Wuhan, the virus came from Wuhan. It popped up within yards of the lab. So he knew it came from the lab. And Steve, he also knew that he had funded this lab and authorized those gain of function experiments. And he had been told by a script scientist that this this thing genetically engineered, therefore a bioweapon. So Glad to see that Fauci thing on your desk. The In Trump Time book gives you like an inside account of how I had to fight with that Fauci. And one of the missions of uh, the In Trump Time book is to get him out of government as the highest paid government official into a jail cell, stripped of his wealth. That money should go to all the people who died because this is the house that Fauci built. Wow, brother, you're you're first of all, you're you're preaching my love language with everything that you just said. I, I think that this is the worst piece of filth, and I've said this many times, that's ever occupied any form of public office in American history. Certainly the most destructive we have yes. seen at the in the very least in modern times. And 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 now you're taking this next level. Do you believe that him and his office had a personal hand in the funding of the creation of of the virus that causes COVID-19? No question. It's proved in the In Trump Time book. And here's my deal, okay? Buy the In Trump Time book, read it. If you don't think Fauci should be in jail, I'll give you double your money back and throw in a Fauci and bargain book uh, to go with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Steve. This SOB, like, here's the thing. People got to get this through their mind. I fought this guy tooth and nail. He's the only guy in the administration who stood up to him besides the president. And he knew in late January, at the dawn of the pandemic, that he was responsible for the damn thing. Never 
Did he say in any of the meetings I was in anything about that? He waited till after the election till Rand Paul and others like me and you and others outed him. And that guy belongs in prison. And the Chinese communists, the People's Liberation Army run this lab. We need to collect about $20 trillion from them for the people they killed, the damage they've done to our economy. The In Trump Time book does all of those calculations. And uh, I'm glad we are indeed on the same way. I was so pleased to see that book on your desk. Peter, there, I, by the way, there, there's a chapter <laughs> in the In Trump Time book uh, that that the, the, it calls the the Fauciian de- uh, bargain and the Wuhan devil with the Wuhan devil. Hmm. So I'm channeling my inner Steve here. Are you suggesting, Peter, that it was a bad idea to give communist money to make viruses more dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks this stuff up? I mean, what? Here's the thing, Steve. Like Fauci is like, look, he's a, he's a narcissist. And he's a sociopath, okay? And he's 80 years old, so anything can happen, uh, right? But in his hubris, in his own mind, he, he had two assumptions for conducting, like playing God here at the Wuhan lab. Um, he thought that if, if, he, if he basically designed a virus that could kill the human race, it would never be able to escape from the lab. You know, okay, how's that working out? But he also thought that that even working with the Chinese communists, that they never would even consider using it as a bioweapon. In the first chapter of the In Trump Time book, Steve, I call it the Red Wedding chapter. It's like Mm. me in the East Wing watching the president on stage with the with the, the, the Chinese vice premier. And I, I like I'm watching the cable traffic. I know there's a pandemic coming. I predicted years before that China would would kill us with with a virus uh, after SARS one. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, what do they know? They're, they're not telling us. They're sitting right next to the president. But more importantly, I'm thinking, could this be a bioweapon to take out the only president, Donald John Trump, who ever stood up to him? So, I mean. Fauci needs to go. I, I just, I mean, it's bad enough that he's like lording over us and taking people's jobs away with his mandates and jabbing six-year-olds. It's like what he did, He, you know, as we said at the beginning, that, that man belongs in jail, stripped of his wealth with class action lawsuits by all the people, by the relatives suing him for all the people he killed. It's time to get him out of there. If you look at the events, you've alluded to them a little bit, Peter, that led up to the recognition of this virus. We had in in the year prior, you had China engulfed in its first substantive trade war with the United States, which you've already alluded to. You also, though, had its greatest amount of civilian uprising in the Hong Kong financial sector that it it had seen since Tiananmen Square. This was its first real... Um, check on its hegemony over its own people. These things are going on. So they have a trade war globally with the U.S. They are facing insurgency domestically. And then it just so happens that on the heels of these two events, lo and behold, here comes a virus. If we didn't have Wuhan for luck, Peter, we'd have no luck at all. Here comes a virus that shuts all of that down, shuts the entire world down. And it just so happens that we control about 80% of the antibiotics and PPE that you could use to treat such uh, an outbreak at the exact same time. Now, I could believe that. 
Peter, or I could believe that a bat that nests 900 kilometers from Wuhan, China, just ended up in the ass of a pig one day at a wet market and then shut the world down. Which of those things do you think is the more likely to have occurred? You're very highly educated, Harvard and everything else. Which of those two things do you think is more likely, Peter? By the way, just 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 so we know, this this might have been me telling the president uh, to fire Fauci twice uh, because uh, Fauci propagate. Not only did he propagate the virus here with his gain of function experiments, but to your point, the pig in the wet market, um, Fauci, there's this guy in the interim time book, uh, Peter Daszak. Mm-hmm. I describe him as as the dumbest guy who ever tried to play God. But Fauci used Daszak as the guy to run the cover up, to run this letter writing campaign to convince people that somehow this thing wasn't from the Fauci wing of the lab, but rather uh, from some bat cave a thousand miles away. And by the way, two, like SARS-1, I don't know if you know this, but mm-hmm. SARS-1 out of China, it took him about a nanosecond to find what's called the direct progenitor. Man, that one came from nature. It came from like raccoon dogs and civet cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, they taste delicious in the wet market. But this this one here, they've looked for like at tens of thousands of possible sources. There isn't no way on, on God's good earth that that virus came from anywhere else than this Wuhan lab. There is so much evidence. Um, and the fact that Fauci, I, I'm telling you, Steve, here's the point. If he had told us what he knew when he knew it, we could have saved millions of lives because the first thing I would have done was go right to the Chinese and demand in no uncertain terms, you give us the friggin' genome of the original virus so we can figure out just what you're attacking us with. And 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 if we had gotten that right, right away, it would have changed um, everything. Plus, we, we, like Fauci is telling us like, in January, oh, it's low, low risk. The virus is low risk. He's telling us in February, no, don't worry, be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting him in the Situation Room in the In Trump Time book. It's like travel bans don't work. I mean, this guy, this I don't know, man. He's a Fauci and bargain. He's got to go. Look back on these events, and to me, I view COVID. I to, to me, there were two Trump presidencies. You tell me if you think this is fair. This was there was the Trump presidency prior to March 16th of 2020. And then there was the Trump presidency after. And what happened with covid set the stage for all the controversies now about ballot harvesting and mail in ballots and stolen elections. We had we, we had we actually had defeated them on a lot of motor voter stuff around the country prior to covid. Things were actually trending in the direction of voter ID laws and things of that nature. A lot of everything we're dealing with right now, it, the, yeah. the root of it is covid. Did the president make yes. a mistake in not taking your advice and firing Fauci? Well, I don't blame the president for not taking my advice. I mean, let's think about it, Steve. I'm like the trade guy, right? I go in, I go in the office. Remember, it's like fire Fauci, right? And, and like, okay, here's what I had against me. This is, again, what's in the In Trump Time book. First of all, I had the big four in the healthcare agencies, Azar at Health and Human Services, Collins at NIH, mm-hmm. uh, Redfield, the, the Orville Redenbacher doppelganger um, <laughs> at, at the CDC, and Han at the FDA. They're going, yeah, Fauci walks on water. He's he's great. Never mind that he killed 17,000 people during 17,000 people during the AIDS epidemic. But more importantly, that that punk Mulvaney, who was the acting chief of staff, 
Um, he was scared to death to fire Fauci in the press office, the, the strategic communications in the press office, such as it was, um, they, they didn't want to take the blowback. It was like, no, we can't fire Fauci. Oh, there'd be such an uproar. And my my attitude, Steve, is like Churchill and Hitler. It's like Churchill's like stranglehead Nazi in his crib. And, um, you know, I look, I didn't win that one. Obviously, Fauci's still there. The only thing I can take comfort in is the fact that when he, you know, when he was killing the president um, in the public opinion polls and he was like Fauci was up at like 70 percent approval. He's down in the toilet now with Biden. And this is Custer's last stand for him. His his buddy Francis Collins at the NIH Mm -hmm. had to resign in disgrace. Fauci's hanging on by a thread. My hope is that this book will be the Fauci firer and we get rid of them. And um, there's a couple other books that are going to get him on right, his right and left flank. Um, and you uh, certainly uh, have him in your sights with the Fauci and bargain. Name of the book, In Trump Time, My Journal of America's Plague Year. Dr. Peter Navarro, former senior advisor and assistant to President Trump, oversaw trade policy in the Trump White House. Peter, really appreciate the time. Uh, I've followed a lot of your work, blowing the whistle on this fiend. Please keep it up, brother, and God bless, okay? Too much fun, Steve. Take care of yourself, and God bless you. All right, take care. And this country. Amen. All right, we'll get you guys' uh, thoughts on that here in a second. But if you're wondering, is there anywhere I can go to get away from the likes of Anthony Fauci? Well, you know, there's a reason why a lot of American retirees and veterans are going to a place called Panama, because right now you can live there uh, in luxury for about 24 grand a year. You can pay 0% income tax, healthcare as little as 2,600 a year. Uh, I mean, if you can, I mean, if you're making six figures, you've got, uh, you know, even low six figures, you can afford a beachfront condo there on pristine white sand. It's the world's number one wealth protection haven. And if you are rethinking your plans after the last year and a half that we have had, you want to take a look at this. It's 100% free. Just go to buypanamanow.com. Get the American's Guide to Living and Retiring in Panama right now. It's 100% free when you go to buypanamanow.com slash Steve. All right. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Dr. Peter Navarro. And and when I say I should mention this, I mean, um, I know this guy talks like one of us, the regular guys you just saw, okay? But 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 here is this guy's bio, all right? Uh, Tufts University, that's an elite private school, uh, published more than a dozen books on economic and foreign policy. Um, he, uh, professor of uh, macroeconomics and public policy at Cal Irvine, master's in public administration from the Kennedy School of Government and a PhD in economics from Harvard. All right, so you may talk like a regular guy like us here just doing a podcast, but I mean, this guy comes with some serious academic credentials behind him. Well, forget the fact we're talking about COVID or Fauci or anything. What you need to know about a guy like Navarro is... You need to, if you're a president, you need to staff your entire White House with people like him. It didn't matter if he thought he was in the minority. He spoke his mind. He was not concerned with the groupthink. And that is as big a problem with this, uh, with, I mean, clearly with the Biden presidency, but also with the Trump presidency and others before him. The, the, the groupthink is so intoxicating. And people like Navarro, uh, we had another one in um, in in Doctor Scott um, uh, Gottlieb. No, out of uh, Stanford, we've had on the show Atlas, Atlas. Yeah. of Atlas. course. I mean, th- these these guys. Oh are, gosh, did I say Gottlieb? I yeah, meant to say yeah, Atlas. Yes. Holy cow! 
These guys are uh, that was bad. That these was guys bad. are bad. truth seekers, yeah. come what may. And we just need so much more of that brand of human being. Yeah, instead, the brand of human being that we get is uh, the Terry Bradshaws of the world who say uh, in the same breath, in the same literal breath, I told you guys during one of the breaks, the satanic ritual that caused eight deaths notwithstanding, probably the worst thing in the montage this week was Terry Bradshaw saying in the same breath, ivermectin is horse dewormer. Next sentence, we are so divided as a country, we are so divided about this vaccine. That's the brand of truth-seeking that we get. Yeah. Because it's what, it's what a lot of people actually want. They just want the ma- narrative. They don't want to think. They have outsourced their thinking to uh, oh, basically good. a They don't fo- want to think, yeah. yes. They yes. have outsourced their thinking to foreign powers because what have we said about progressivism? It is a rival, not only religion, but it is a, a foreign country as well. So that's, that's the brand of truth-seeking that we want. Yeah, and- to your point, I just want to say it out loud. Forget for a second there's even a human version of ivermectin that won the Nobel Prize. If we were lucky enough to find out that this thing could be cured by horse dewormer, we'd take we, that too, yeah, wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, we we used molds yes. in plants to invent and create antibiotics to begin with. Yes. To begin with. That's, that's, what, that's where penicillin began. A mold. The stuff that you view in your home, when it shows up in your home or in your fridge, don't eat that. How many or times, don't want that in your home. Something's unclean. How many t- That's where we got antibiotics to start with. How many times do you think Terry Bradshaw used smelling salts? Not enough, apparently, <laughs> yeah. is the answer. Not enough. Because the verdict's still out on that. Who knows what it actually does. But boy, what you just said, it's just, uh, they don't want to think. Let me, let me peddle disinformation and deception and then talk about how divided we are Precisely. because of disinformation and deception. Yes. What's happening here is a guy, and I, in the past, we've actually talked about uh, Rogers and his left-wing politics. That's yeah. what I find ironic about this, okay? It's, I saw a tweet that uh, my former boss, Ted Cruz, gave to Bradley Beal at the NBA, who said, hey, I'm not down with you. Don't defend me. And Ted's like, I don't give a rip if you're full woke politics. I, I'm, I'm going to defend your constitutional rights no matter what you believe. You're here. Go, we, we, we go where the truth is. Yes. We defend the truth where it is, regardless of the source. The problem is a lot of people in this country, and too many of them, particularly ones with microphones and in office, they don't want that. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.